being black in America is like being on a sinking ship where half the people are telling you the boat's not sinking and everything's fine, and the other half is telling you it's your fault it's sinking while poking holes in it themselves. It's just, it's a, it almost seems like it's a never, it's a a constant struggle to say the least. I'm Will, and this is Head Above Hypocrisy. Um, I'm in here solo today, so uh, as usual, forgive me if I uh, wander off topic just a bit. As it, whew, it's just, it's so very hard. I use the, um, I use the sinking boat or sinking ship example because it seems like such an obvious problem, right? The boat is sinking. There's a hole we're taking on water. This is, this is a problem that needs to be addressed or our boat will sink to the bottom of the ocean and, you know, we'll drown. We're not safe. And so to me, that's how racism seems, right? Like, it's, it's a very obvious problem in America. And if we don't address it, our proverbial ship will sink. And yet, when you mention it or ask for it to be addressed, you get, you know, a, a, a several common, you know, deflections or responses, and a lot of it is, you know, everything's fine, you know, there's there's nothing wrong, there's no hole in the ship, it's like, the, you know, but there clearly is, we're taking on water, and that, that's, that's why we have these protests, that's why we have these riots, it's, it's the result of, of peaceful and calm demonstrations and requests going ignored, and then you've got the racist, you know, actively causing problems, and blaming it on black people, so it's 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 very it's frustrating. It's frustrating, and it it it's. I apologize. I'm I'm having trouble keeping my thoughts together. I, as as I am recording this, I got an email. Um, and you you sign one petition, and it's just like an open invitation for emails about every single problem that you know happens across the the country and I was reading about uh, Natasha McKenna this uh, woman that was looks like five years ago she was murdered by police essentially electrocuted to death with by a, with a stun gun she got stunned to death um, and it's you know, it's people will say, "Well, it didn't happen to you. It happened super far away. Like, why? Why does it affect you?" But it's, it's because the only reason that it happened to her is because of the color of her skin, and we are the same color. So you know, it, all of these people could very well be myself, and it's it's, it's unnerving, right? Like you got Rashard Brooks. He fell asleep in at the drive-through and woke up to being murdered, right, like, that's, I've, that, I've done that before, you know, that's happened to me, you know, granted, you honk the horn, I wake up, everything's fine, but, like, I've been that person, and somebody could have easily called the police, I'm a black person, anytime the police are involved, like, there's a possibility you could be killed, and that's, that's not the way that it should be, at the end of the day, like the it's the the parental perspective that's the worst. Like having kids makes makes things. It just it compounds every issue because you you dive so much deeper in because at the end of the day, like the things that these the people that these things are happening to are somebody's kids, and it's it just 
it breaks your heart to to think of of a a parent having to deal with that and b like the the conversations that that black parents are forced to have with their kids regarding interacting with law enforcement the only people that should have to behave differently or feel uncomfortable around police or law enforcement are criminals and being black is not a crime however nearly all of my life any interaction or not even interaction just being around law enforcement or police causes me to have to severely alter my behavior and you know it's it's like a it's almost a survival instinct at this point and it it shouldn't be that way it's it's that's the i feel like that's one of the many problems in america that at least for for the casual racist or for the person that like the for the white person that you know, it's like, well, racism doesn't really affect me. It doesn't seem that bad. I've never, I've never been affected by it. I've never seen it. You know, what are these people talking about? That's, you know, like, what are they talking about? That's, that's what, that's just part of being black, right? Like they, I feel like there's this, this idea that, that racism is an accepted obstacle for black people. And, you know, it's not that bad. Lots of them get through it. You know, we've got, We've got black politicians, we've got all these, you know, rich black athletes and entertainers and whatnot. So, you know, they, they made it, they got through, they'll be fine. It's it's not really that bad. But, you know, that's that's not even the case. It's it history has shown us and not even like past like, you know, long ago history, recent history has shown us that no amount of money or social status protects any black person from being harassed, abused. And you know, even in some cases, murdered by the police. It doesn't matter who you are, how much money you have. If they, if you're targeted, they pick you. There's a there's a good chance that you know your your life will be greatly altered, if not ended, in that in that interaction. And that that is the case, you know, specifically for black and and or brown people. Which is why there's so much friction between black people and law enforcement. It's it's not about, you know, the actions of an individual. Are there good, are there good people that are police officers? Sure, but the institution, you know, of, of of law enforcement, is is broken because it's set up to target black people. So because it targets black people, like as a result of it being broken. If you work for if you work for a broken system, regardless of your own intentions and or morality, you know, you, you like that's why I feel like the idea of a good like a good cop or a good police officer is 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 almost an oxymoron because, you know, it's it's they are the the representation or tool of a broken system. So therefore, like that, that entity in and of itself can't be good. Can the person be good? Sure. But the institution isn't, and they work for said institution. So while they are a, operating as a tool of that that entity, then they're not because ultimately at their core they are they're targeting black people, um, and that's you know that's that's why there is that friction. That's why I believe at least so so strongly, and why I feel like other people do as well in defunding the police. Do we need you know? Do we need policing? Do we need a, a police department? Of course, you know I don't. I don't think that we should dismantle law enforcement, 
but I think that we need to, you know, re reassign fund, funding in a more balanced manner. Police departments are making, you know, 10, 15, 20 times the amount, or not making, or receiving 20, 10 to 20 times the amount of funding than, than any other, than several other establishments. And they're not, you know, they're not, there's no, there are, there's no benefit there. There's no, there's no evidence that there's, there's, a good reason to do that. All they seem, all it seems to do, is provide them new and creative tools to to kill and harass black people. So why not redistribute that money evenly throughout, you know, other other institutions? So we can set up things to where we don't, the police don't respond to every single altercation. We don't need police showing up to nonviolent calls and accidentally killing everybody. You know, send social workers or some other unarmed, nonviolent department to to domestic disputes, things of that nature. And for God's sakes, put some more money into these schools. I mean, it's it's absurd the amount of money that that we're giving to police and the the lack of funding that that our teachers and schools have. Like these are these are our children. These are this is you know the, the as the cliche goes, they are our future, and you know they are right. Like the they're they're who will be here when we are gone, and the fact that we invest so little in that is is mind boggling to me. So that's why I believe so strongly in defunding the police. They just they don't they're not protecting and or serving anyone but themselves at this moment at this you know at this time. So why do they need ten times as much funding as everyone else? this point, I say arm them with pointy sticks and whistles and make them do some actual police work. Ask, ask some questions, do some investigating, find some evidence, you know, the stuff we see on TV. Don't just show up to some random house in the middle of the night asking no questions, kicking down doors and firing in the dark. The irony of it is you've got, you know, people non-violently protesting police violence or police brutality and at almost every peaceful protest, you've got police brutalizing, you know, peaceful citizens. So you're, you're going to use police brutality on the, the protesters protesting police brutality. And then you've got, you know, racists committing hate crimes and then turning around and saying there's not racism in America. It's it's. The irony is 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 palpable. It's 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 pretty crazy. You had the poor girl the other day who was you know, just driving in her car, minding her own business, listening to music. Here's a racial slur out her window. Um, I believe broke her window, threw some liquid on her face, and threw a, a flaming lighter in her car and set her face on fire. Thank God, you know she's relatively all right you know she suffered third degree burns but she did she's not she didn't die which is often the case in these in these stories she's still living and you know she's she did a, i saw a brief clip of her her speaking and saying she didn't want anyone else to have to like live through that and all i could help thinking was like if it were me i wouldn't I wouldn't call, like, I wouldn't know who to call, because I'm not going to call the police to help, because they'll show up and tell me I set myself on fire, slap me in handcuffs, and I'll be in jail trying to explain, you know, why I burned myself and called the police. So it's just, it, for me, it, it, 
it begs the question, you know, who do, who do black people call when they're under duress or they need help? Because clearly calling the police is not the right move. They, the police are, are, at least at this juncture, are not going to help or have not consistently provided any sort of help to black people. And it's, it's, it's so unfortunate, especially now with so much going on, that the, the institution that is designed to, to protect citizens and to, to keep them safe is, is one of the, the number one institutions that at least I, as a black man, fear. Um, I, I've never called the police for, for help in any situation. I've been in all sorts of circumstances where a normal or I guess not normal a uh, a not black person will say would, would first thing they do is call the police and they'd likely be right because they'd likely get help but I've I've never I don't like at least I can't think of a a positive or productive interaction that I've personally ever had with the police so you know that that shouldn't be the case that's and that's my just Mo, that's my standard operating procedure. Like in my brain, the police are not are not here to help me. So if I'm in trouble, if I'm in danger, and I gotta call, I gotta call the homies, I gotta call my dad, I gotta call my cousin, I gotta call somebody other than the police because they're they're not they're not gonna do anything to help me. And that you know that's by definition that's that's not the way that the police are supposed to be set up, and that's not the way they should they should be looked at, and that's not how I should feel about them. But you know we gotta. The only way that that's going to change is is to to rebuild it from its very core because it is built on racism. I mean, I guess you know, all the way back, it's built on slavery, then built on racism, which you know was woven into the fabric of our nation. And you know, it's it's been that way for too long. We've turned a blind eye for too long, and now is. Now's the time to fix it. It's going to take a lot of work. It won't be fixed overnight, but that's this is how you fix it. You educate yourself. You know, you educate those around you. You use you use your voice to the best of your abilities. These these experiences, like seeing all this bad news and all the all the plight that that black people are going through. You know, trying to protest, trying to trying to just get what is is fair. What is equal what is is rightfully given to to humans in society it it makes you feel it can make you feel like you're not doing enough like you should be protesting or maybe you should be rioting or you should be I don't know like it makes but it it at least for me it makes me feel like I should be doing more and I think that it's very important that that you just remain active um don't don't let the the feeling of you know I need to do more overwhelm you and and cause you to do nothing you know everybody everyone that's doing something against racism and for equality you know is is fighting for the cause and that's a good thing we need action and you have to be the like the the quote of you can't just it's not enough to to not be racist, you have to be against racism, has never been more true. Like, you just, you have to take action. You can't, you can't turn a blind eye to racism. You can't, if you, if you see a racist act, you have to speak up. You have to say something. You have to do something. Um, and be it 
ever so small, you know, it's it's about taking action. That that first step will lead to that second step. You know, if you start out doing something small, it'll likely snowball into something larger. But just sitting back and, and feeling like you're not doing enough and then doing nothing about it is is definitely not it. You gotta do something, you know. It's and it's it's gotta be more than a hashtag, it's gotta be more than a post, right? It's it's it has to be should be in your everyday life. You should be actively, you know, standing against racism. It doesn't mean you have to protest every day. It doesn't mean that, you know, you have to to be a full-time activist. It just needs means you need to be aware and should opportunities come up, like should you see a racist actor or something that needs to be changed, you should speak up. That's all. Use your voice. Do, do your part to take action. Um, if you need suggestions, you know where to find me, headabovehypocrisy.com, at headabovehypocrisy on Instagram. I, um, um, I'd love to have dialogue about it if you've got questions or you know, you're looking for a way to be active. I, I got, I've got a, a, lots of ways, lots of suggestions, so get at me.